Just before uh, Pastor Ben goes, I just want him to share a little bit to, he mentioned to me on Thursday night. For those who don't know me, my bent or personality or gifting is a little bit more of the prophetic of what I sense God is doing in, in the life of the church and that's my gifting. And uh, But I just want to get Pastor Ben, because he is the pastor of the church and I know he you know, he's quite humble in, in that uh, position and role. But, you know, God does say that he builds the church on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And some things that God says clearly and simply in the Bible, we dismiss them and we wonder why we don't get the benefit of taking to heart and what God says. But, you know, Thursday night, it was a quite an amazing um, and, uh, night, um, devoted night it was called. And we, uh, my wife and myself had a weekend off last weekend we weren't here and uh, he came up and uh, he said something I just want him to share what he said um put me on the spot <laughs> it was an amazing night uh just the sense of God normally we go from seven thirty to eight thirty, but it just kept on going and uh we're still here at nine o'clock and uh it's just just a, such a really amazing sense of God and uh, as we were worshiping and and praising God, I just had the sense that as a church, we're entering a new season. Uh, and it's uh, and often, and physically we are entering a new season, we're entering into winter. In June, winter starts. But I had that sense in my heart that we shouldn't enter into the season as if it's winter. Often when we think about winter, we withdraw and we hibernate and we pull back and we go to our safe place or our comfort place. We sit in front of the fire or we stay in at night and we eat all the wrong foods and all, do all of that stuff, all the comfort foods. We like comfort in winter. But I have a sense that God's, we're entering a new season, but we're not to treat it like winter. We should treat it like harvest time. We should treat it like it's time to, to keep pushing forward to what God has for us. That God has something new for us as a church, a new season, and it's time to keep pressing into him, not to withdraw back, not to settle back and go, oh, this is nice, I'll just stay comfortable, but to keep pushing forward to what God has for us. Because I believe God's got a new season, a really exciting season for us as a church. Thanks. That's good. It's a good introduction. And when Ben said to me, he said, I believe it's not by chance that you're speaking this weekend and it works out roughly every couple of months that I have the privilege as Jack was saying to share before you and it is a privilege but one of the things that is interesting in in the life of all of us is that you know we can know the seasons in God and we can know what God's about he doesn't want to leave us in the dark and uh, Ben said I believe it's um, important that I'm sharing now, and I do believe it is a, it was a, uh, it is a, that season. And this morning, uh, I shared a little bit about, uh, from Hebrews chapter 6, about faith and about Enoch. Anyone remember Enoch in your readings? Interesting. It doesn't say a lot about him, but it said that he walked closely with God, had a close relationship, and he was named amongst those who were the examples of faith in chapter 11 of Hebrews. But then it said God took him. He just suddenly took him. And I believe that the season we're in for this congregation and maybe many others around about, it's a season of walking like Enoch. I want to go, but only when he's ready. 
<laughs> and I know what you mean. It's good. But, you know, the book of Hebrews, as you would, would have guessed, is written to the Hebrews. And it's about their history and it's about their relationship with God. And a few chapters before, he, he, God summarizes in the most simple of ways what it is to understand about faith and our relationship with God. He talks about the, the, in the back old, way old days when God did so many miracles and they came out of Egypt. And, uh, and there's chapter, I think nearly all of Hebrews leading up to chapter 11 is talking about the relationship that the Hebrews had with God. And uh, how God kept coming with them. He wanted to spend time with them. He walked with them and he talked with them and he promised them things. And he came good with his promises. But did you know God got really frustrated? And I think part of, maybe I'm only guessing here, part of the reason God got frustrated because he wanted to be close with them. He wanted to walk close with them. He wanted them to know what he was really like. He wanted to help them. He wanted to deliver them. And the Bible says he wanted to give them rest. Now, that rest that God gives us, think about it, whatever we need. And in our our day and age, the rest we need is from worry. It's a rest from too much work. It's a rest from anxiety. It's a rest from many of those things. But he says here, and I'm just taking a a couple of verses out of chapter 4 of Hebrews. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who formerly heard the good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his place of rest, and that time is today. I don't know about where you're at today or what you're feeling, but I I know, I know practically there's some of us here that need that rest. As I've said before, the greatest sickness in the world today, and it's increasingly multiplied, multiplied is anxiety and mental health. It's the greatest growing industry that we have today. The Bible says in the last days, men's hearts will be failing them for fear, which we translated as anxiety, worries, cares. Jesus said, don't worry, don't care. I have a place of rest for you. Now that place of rest only, it doesn't come through prayer of deliverance because we go out and we walk again and we live in the world. We need deliverance just about every day. But Enoch found that place. You know, Enoch lived... In a parallel time to us today, the most evil time in the world, the darkest time in the world, debauchery, um, you know, incest, all the things. Gee, it sounds like today. So evil and dark were those days of Enoch that God brought the flood soon after and wiped them all out. Why did he take Enoch? To rescue Enoch, it doesn't say. My thoughts are that he just loved Enoch so much he wanted to be with him. And I want to tell you today, how he feels about Enoch is how he feels about you. But we need to learn the lesson that for chapters, he said, I I wanted to bring you. I wanted to deliver my people. And it culminates when they were ready to go into the promised land. For 40 years, Israel wandered the wilderness. Why? Because God promised, he said, here's the promised land. Here's the Jordan River. Go and spy out the land. And he says to us today, these are the things in the New Testament, these are the things I have for you. If you you receive them, if you're obedient, if you come close to me and let me be your saviour and your Lord and walk with you, all these things are your blessings. But we think of, oh, it's going to be better. Enoch's where I want to be, you know, in heaven. I, I want to be there, but there's a life he has for us today that's not only going to be 
rewarding and delivering and, and breakthroughs for you and I, but that we can be a blessing to our community and our society. We need to understand. God is saying to us today, you know, let us not just focus. Don't be in despair, but hear what the Spirit is saying today. And if you hear what the message is today in the messenger, the Bible says you receive the reward. How important it is to hear what the Spirit's saying through the messengers. Because whatever hope and promise they bring, the Bible says if you receive it as from the Lord, you receive that reward. As from the Lord, you receive that reward. And in chapter 11 of Hebrews, what is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. Now, we are a long way away from those in the promised land. We have much, much more than they had. They had the messengers. They had the message of God. He said, send in the spies. Send in 12 spies. They did. How many came back? Oh, you don't know what it's like here. It is a good land. It has all the promises. Everything God said about it is true. But God didn't tell us how big the giants were. He didn't tell us how hard this Christian life is going to be. But two chose to just hear what God said. Didn't ignore the facts, but they came back and said, it's true there are giants in the land, but God said this, 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 and this, and he's true. And God said, because you trusted me, because you received me and you want to walk with me and do all that I say, this is New Testament, this is not Old Testament, read Hebrews. He said, because you, trust, you didn't trust me, and all the people chose to believe the majority. He said, you'll never enter that promised land. Now, he's not saying they're going to hell. And you know, I believe in my heart of hearts, and, and it's all up for your own theology to understand, that there's many Christians, many churches, many denominations maybe today who believe certain things about God but don't believe other things. It's just too hard for them, whatever it is, to trust. But I believe that the call on this congregation and on your life in particular is to walk the walk that Enoch had. Enoch didn't have CDs. He didn't have a pastor. He didn't have mates and brothers and sisters. He was alone, as it were, in that dark place. But he chose to walk with God and trust God. We have not only that, we have the living God available to you in your spirit and your heart. And the devil lies to us and saying, you'll never do it, you can't do it. I'm experiencing, I've shared with Ben and people personally just the last few weeks. I, like Jack, I had a breakthrough in my personal life. And just where I wanted to be with God in the last month or two. See, it doesn't matter how old you are, what your calling is, how grey you are. There's a place we know we can be in God and there's a place where we are in God. And where we don't want to be, the devil has no hold on you and he can't keep you there. The choice is between you and God. Faith is the assurance. And many of us, and, and we could put up hands, I asked them to do this morning, to testify, has God ever let you down? Has he ever lied to you? And if we were in a court of law, we would win. Because there's enough witnesses to, to prove that God is faithful and reliable. And, you know, people say faith is pie in the sky. It's not. It's absolutely not. It is the evidence, I'm reading again, it is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. God gave his approval to people in days of old because of their faith. And faith is something God gives you when you receive his son. You have the gift of faith. 
My faith and Pastor Ben's faith is no greater than yours. It's the same God. And the God, the Bible says, and I read it this morning, this faith that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, this spirit, this God, this Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And if he could raise Jesus from all the powers and the demons of hell that were trying to hold him down, surely he can deliver us from our, our demons or whatever it is that we're trying to break free. But the key is this. We have to connect with God. The Bible says of Enoch, he walked in close fellowship. He enjoyed a close relationship with God throughout his life. The, tra- the translation of that means that he went in and out with God, up and down, he walked arm in arm. God knows at times that's hard for us. He said, if I send my son and he dies for our sins and, sac- and, and gives himself... Not as Jack was saying, that demonstrates his love. But God didn't stop there. Jesus said, don't touch me, I've got to go to the Father to take the offering for your sin. But if I go there, I won't leave you an orphan. I will come again and I'll send my spirit. And if you give your life to me in exchange, all your sin for my goodness, I will fill you with the Holy Spirit. Woo! What stops us believing and living in that? We don't talk enough about it. We don't gossip enough good news. You know, there's little things God's been doing in my life. You know, around about, you know, God's been healing people in this church. And God's peace, and I'm loving it. You know, and I've had to just take a position of, I don't know, just quietness. God said, pray for that person. Pray for that one. Because it's not about the pastor. It's not about the leader. It's about us just trusting God. And I love it when someone says, is you still healed? Are you still full of God's peace in meetings? People that normally can't sit still and they go out and in and out and whatever. And two times now we've, we've, we've spoken, prayed together and they've enjoyed the meeting and sat peacefully. This is the rest, the practical, real rest that God promised. That we can give and impart and talk to one another. We've got to shake ourselves free from this religiosity. Just because other churches, no matter how good and big or whatever they are, it doesn't matter. We've got to get back to the Word. And God's put a calling on this church. And I'll, in, a, in a moment, I'm only going to share for about 20 minutes, but in a moment, I'll, I believe God gave me a word from Scripture and a word for Pastor Ben. And I want you to think about it, the word that I give him. And if it's true, we have a responsibility. If God shares something, and the Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, I will establish if someone gives you a word of encouragement and you hear it from the scripture and, and you know that's what God's been speaking to you, or it was two or three people giving, giving it. To, it's just not to make you feel better. It's a promise of God. Take it to heart. Walk in it. Know that that is God's portion for you today. God can do it. By faith, reading again back here, jumping in and out a bit. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command and that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. I said this morning, the the wonderful thing... Is that that drip drip? Oh, because there was a puddle there. It was leaking. (laughs) When you looked up, ah, it's dripping. So it's all right, you might have to move. Um, But this morning, you know, I said, what God's been showing me recently in my life is the little things if I listen. Here's the God. This is the God who created the universe. And we see it. 
It's before our eyes. Scientists will tell you, the majority of them. See, the lie of the devil is, oh, all scientists don't believe the scripture and whatever. Most of them do. I heard a, a, read a survey that 70% of scientists believe there's so much complexity in, in, in nature and whatever. It's got to be an organized creator. It can't just happen. But, you know, we want to listen to that. So, oh, I wonder, oh, you know. But the God who created that out of nothing, you, know, you notice I love watching nature shows and stuff comes on and they're still changing their mind. Perhaps this is how the world began. I heard the other day, only a week ago, perhaps, you know, and that, that guy, it might have been um, Attenborough or someone, he's amazing. I enjoy him, but he just doesn't get it. <laughs> perhaps, you know, and it was in the, in, the, in the sea, the bottom of the ocean, 11 kilometres down, and there's all this heat coming up from the earth. And, and, and he said, living things live there. And he, his question was this, perhaps that's how life began. He's still trying to work it out. It came from nothing. We have a God. But the reason it's in there, I said the amazing thing with God, he's the God who seems so far removed from your life. But he wants, more than creating that, or as much as creating any of the physical things, he wants you as his best friend. He wants you as his best friend. It says, I think in John 15, 15, God reveals things to you because you're his friends. He will reveal the secrets of the kingdom to you. Why? Because you're his friend. Not because he wants you to do great and mighty things and this and that. He may. But that's not what he's about with you. He wants you as his best friend, his son, his daughter, so that we can live in this life and demonstrate who God is and what he's about. By faith, as I said, we understand the world was formed. And he says this. It's amazing. I love it how God ties in. And this is down verse 6. So you see, it's impossible to please God without faith. And the faith I'm talking about is relationship. Walking with God. Not about, oh, I can't believe. Trust him. He provides even your faith to believe. Everyone has been given a measure of faith. Everyone's been given all that they need. Oh, I'm not like that person. That's good. I don't have that gift. I used to compare myself so often with the preachers and, and that sort of thing. And as Pastor Ben will tell you, that every time I'm ready to preach, Ben, I don't know if preaching's my thing, Ben, you know. You've know, you got to do it. Man. Okay, that's your thing. But I do see through the Spirit. You can see. And I shared a, a little thing, a little thing. The other week, and I, sorry, apologies to those who heard it this morning. The other week I had to drive the school bus. We went on an excursion. I like it. Went with this class and, you know, the noise just gets to me a bit in the back of the bus. But um, <clears throat> I turned the stereo off and the teacher notes, keep him quiet, he won't turn the music back on, you know. <laughs> but we went out to Cleland National Park and the last few kilometres is so windy and it's scary because you get motorbikes coming around the bend and it's, the, it's only wide enough for the bus. And if I'm on the wrong side of the road, then you know, it's pretty, the anxiety and that sort of thing. But on the way home... <clears throat> We'd finished and we were running late. We're only four kilometres from the school on Tapley Hill Road. And I'm driving along, da, 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 da. I wish they would listen to me what time I told them we needed to get back. And, you know, just as I do, I'm being honest with you. Next minute, a guy we know, he's been to this church, he's a Christian. He's driving past in his uh, uh, tiling van. Looks in there, Steve, how are you going? Hey, get out, mate, how are you going? I'm looking down there through the door, the bus, the window. He says, your tyre on the bus, it's very flat, really low. You know, I could lip read and sort of hear it. 
Anyway, and then, but 30 seconds before that, less than that, I'm guessing, but it was just almost less than a minute, this little voice inside said, if the bus breaks down, you'll have to ferry the kids to school. I said, why would I think that? Why would I think, the bus is not going to break down now. But, you know, and so th- as things got to school, do I pull over? Am I going to wreck the tyre? Is it dangerous? Do I keep going that four kilometres? So I decided to keep going. Got to school and it was half flat. It wasn't dead flat, so there's no damage. But there was a bit of a story with the, what it was. Someone replaced the tyre on the bus, professionals. And they didn't put the uh, valve in properly and it was loose and it leaked. You know, and then we still had a bit of drama and the... <laughs> The RAA didn't want to fix it, and he, apparently he was jumping up and down. I wasn't there. I went home. And uh, the story was we found out that someone had swapped that. And I'm thinking, why did the Holy Spirit tell me about maybe breaking down? And I was sharing this morning at lunchtime, I think it was, with someone. I said, I think I know. It wasn't, what could I do? Do I pull over? Do I drive? I went to school. I didn't stop. We didn't ferry the kids. But God was saying, he said, I know the plans I have for you. That could have blew out driving through the hills and you could have rolled the bus. I planned it and I'm involved. Oh, wow. The little things. The God that created the universe. The little things. I worry, you know, my family have been here, my kids, my grandkids. So fantastic to see your children and grandchildren in church with you. Had my kids yesterday over home, enjoying it. They went home last night, 10.30, we get a call. Oh, what's wrong? Because they had bad croup last week and they had to go to hospital with the oldest girl. Oh, you know, what's wrong? Because I had the the answer. What's wrong? (laughs) I was full of faith. What's wrong? And um, so I'm going to go with Alex to see her grandfather who's dying in hospital. They said, you know, but he'd been to that this point before and there was a whole relationship thing and can you uh, babysit Ezra after school this week yeah yeah sure who's not going to say that to their grandchildren you know yeah and then uh, and they were planning to come to they didn't really know that I was preaching we told them yeah I was speaking today and then we got a text as soon as I pulled up this morning my grandfather died last night of course mum's but mum's going to come to church Mum, don't come to church. But she was talking about coming to church. The timings of God. And it was just God. And who knows, but I, I'm expecting that God's involved. I give it to God. Now, I don't know. I could say, God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? We try to know. What's going to happen? We want to know everything. But I know God's working. He's good. He's involved. And I want to say to you tonight that Enoch... It doesn't say, you know, because it goes on to list all the heroes of faith in the Bible. By faith, these men did this. They closed the mouths of lions and all this. But with Enoch, it just said he walked closely with God. He had fellowship with God. He enjoyed it. So maybe this generation is like Enoch. We have so many evil things happening out there, so many distractions, so many pressures, so many worries and cares. He's not asking you to be a hero. He's asking you to be his friend. He's saying, let me be your companion. I will walk with you so close you'd never imagine. And I believe tonight the call on the life of this church is to, is to gather and to build a family and a congregation 
that individually you walk so close with God, so trusting. And I know, Pastor Ben, we've talked about it, ready to have people come and share their stories and testimonies of just how down to earth, how practical, how real God has been to them. It's almost like God has to re-pioneer some of his teachings and his ways. And that's what the word apostle really means. It means like a pioneer. Not someone that's in charge of 50 churches. We think, oh yeah, he's, he's started six, he's got a church of 10,000. Never mentions that sort of thing in scripture. It says, these are the men that led the way. Now I believe Pastor Ben is one of the best pastors, gifted pastors, like fathers in, that I've seen. Now I want to read a scripture. I'm switching now. That's enough of that. 1 Thessalonians, and this is for Pastor Ben. I just got to find it. I know it's here, real close. 1 Thessalonians. <coughs> One hand doesn't do it. There we go. Uh, chapter 2. Now, what's this got to do with the new season or the season that I believe God's in? On Thursday night, Pastor Ben, I could tell this week, just through the slightest of comments, that Pastor Ben was tired for whatever reason. And at the end of the time, the worship, I just so enjoyed it, maybe because we missed church last week as well. But at the end of the time on Thursday night, Pastor Ben said, "Let's thanks for coming. I don't know what he, the, you know, the benediction, the thanking and good night. And he, and he looked really tired and he, that's it. He just stopped. No one moved. What seemed like about five minutes, but probably was three minutes. And then Jack began to play. The meeting had finished. But we just sensed the presence, I guess, all of us, all of us sensed the presence of God. No one wanted to move. And tonight, I hope that you got this message for you. No matter where you're at with God, more than you've ever imagined. You, you might have had prophetic words of encouragement that God wants to do this, this and this. I want to tell you, whatever you've been given in an encouraging prophetic word, He has more for you than that. He has intimacy. He has relationship. He has power. Greater is He that's in you than the He that's in the world. You're full of power and strength by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because He not only walks arm in arm with you, He lives within you. And Pastor Ben, you know, like I've been in this church, I don't know, three, three and a half years or whatever. It's gone so quick. But the first two years, God was sorting me out. And I struggled with just, I guess, fitting into the family here. And I was ready to leave. Just didn't feel at home. But I, I never once could, could, could fault Pastor Ben's support and gifting to me. And I've said, I said to my wife, he's just a true pastor. And I'm not lifting him up. I know at times Damien is, is, and I'm saying this because God puts us in families. The Bible says that. And Pastor Ben is so hungry for God's way for us as a congregation. And I want to read this scripture and I really believe it's personal for him. And I'll leave it up to you to judge that. Paul, founding of the church. And what God's doing, this church has been going for a while, but it's a new season of where God's bringing us back to his truths and his foundations. 
And if you want to be part of it, then all heaven is going to break loose. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be guaranteed. God guarantees His Word. You yourselves know, dear brothers and sisters, and I want to paraphrase and put Pastor Ben in this, that his visit to you was not a failure. You know how badly he had been treated at Philippi just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. Yet he gave you, yet our God gave us courage to declare the good news to you boldly, even though we were surrounded by many who opposed us. So you can see that we were not preaching with any deceit or impure or impure purposes or trickery. For us, we speak as messengers have been approved of God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He is the one who examines the motives of the heart. Never once did we try to win you with flattery, as you very well know. Our God is our witness that we were not just pretending to be your friends so that you'd give us money. As for praise, we never asked for it from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands on you, but we were as gentle among you as a mother, feeding and caring for your own children. We loved you so much that we gave you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. You can read more on. I believe when, yesterday morning when I was writing this out, God just took me to that and said, this is for Ben as well. And that's my experience. I testified that's my experience of this, this man. And I believe God's put me here to, to support him and to add to whatever my gifting is for us to do all that God's called us to do. Now, many of you know that Pastor Ben didn't grow up with a father like me. We have that in common. We didn't grow up with dads. But one of the callings of our life, and Paul said you don't have many fathers in the faith, is to raise up fathers and to oversee families. And that's a calling on his life. And I recognise it because it's a calling on my life. And there's a lot of people that know me personally that would say, that's my passion, to raise up men. And in our society, there's a lot of men who never had fathers and they need the father of fathers. And we're called to be that. And I want to say this is the new season and many of you support him. But this, Paul said this, talking about himself, so it's right that sometimes leaders say, well, this is my heart. Judge for yourselves. And where we're going is a time of intimacy. Enoch walked with God in intimacy. I believe intimacy is the highest form of faith. Think about it. In a marriage, what's the highest form of trust? Intimacy. That's where God's taking us. Closer with Him in Intimacy. And for that to happen, we need to be like family, trusting, once again, putting it out there. Many of you have been crushed and betrayed. But if we connect with God and be arm in arm with Him and the family, then no matter what the devil tries to do, we become builders, not those torn away. We're going to have a time where we just wait for a moment. There's a song that I'd like us to sing. has a real touch of God on it. And if there's others here that are sensing God wants to add something or share, especially with the theme of what I've shared, then come and mention it to me or Pastor Ben.